Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Oh, this is going to be good. I'm Michelle Maju. And I'm Kate Maju. And we're married to each other. And this is the Ball Blast NFL Podcast. Each episode, we will feature the latest top news in the NFL and what it means for fantasy football, sports betting, and you, the NFL fan. Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Kate Majuk. That's me. That's you. Yeah. What's up? Oh, not much. Just talking about fantasy. Do you want to talk fantasy with me? I really, really do. So we are half, more than halfway through the season, right? And a lot more than halfway through the fantasy season, because a lot of people's fantasy playoffs will start in either week 14, week 15. So we only have a handful of weeks left to get you into the playoffs. I will say, if you have a bad record, this is not the time to give up. Keep using those waivers and make some trades and figure it out. Because guess what? All the other bad teams in your league right now, this is the time they're going to give up. They're going to give up. They're going to stop really caring at all. Stop setting their rosters. And you're going to get some easy wins. And you maybe can slip into that very last playoff spot. And, and then you take over. Yeah, and once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. I just want to say, uh, a few years ago, I, Kate and I were in one league together. I had just not a very good roster. Like, I was... I had some injuries and it was just, I was like pulling out Darius Slayton and stuff like that. Kate had a monster, like the best squad you could have that year was number one. And then we, she had to play me in the playoffs in the first round and I beat her. Like the most abysmal squad yeah, I've you're, ever seen in my life. Yeah. Your team just had a terrible week and, and you know, I cried. You did cry. I she was, actually did cry. I've but, never been that upset about a loss in fantasy. Ever. Um, yeah. So just keep going. Cause all you got to do is get into the playoffs and that's all that matters. You still got that. So we're going to go through our week nine rankings as we typically do and just talk about all the storylines that we're looking for this week as it comes to each position. There's talk some through. gross games this week, but there's also some great games. Yeah. It's like, it's either an amazing game or a really bad game. There's like very few in between uh, and getting right into those games with the quarterback position. I mean, come on. We get Joe Burrow versus Josh Allen. We get Patrick Mahomes versus Tua Tagovailoa. It's more like Patrick Mahomes versus the Dolphins offense than it is Mahomes versus Tua, but still a great matchup. No, I think it's, it's, it's Tua. And then Jalen Hurts versus Dak Prescott. And two of those games are, can we call 930 Germany game primetime? I mean, Ugh. opposite of primetime, but an island game, right? And then we get the Sunday night football game with the Bengals-Bills. Uh, surprisingly, the Cowboys-Eagles is at 430. They're 425 Eastern time, but some great, great matchups there. And no surprise at all that all six of those quarterbacks I just brought up, they're all in our top seven, top eight for uh quarterback fantasy quarterbacks this week. Yeah. I, I feel like it's kind of like a, a pretty easy, like top seven, but then once you get out of that top end quarterback range, there's not a lot of great matchups that you're like, ooh, I'm going to target that. If, I, if I'm if i hurting at the quarterback position, if I'm streaming, it's not looking good out there, Michelle. Like these people, you need help. Without a Jared Goff, without a Trevor Lawrence, even without a Russell Wilson or Brock Purdy who like – They're all on by this week. Yeah, maybe, maybe these aren't necessarily, you know, your fantasy studs. They're not Josh Allen, but they've been pretty serviceable this year, so – yeah, it really, left with. it really brings up everyone else in the rankings. And then some other quarterback news. You have Daniel Jones back for the Giants. Uh, will Levis and Kenny Pickett will be the starters, it looks like, on Thursday night. Football definitely Will Levis. Kenny Pickett looks like he's Kenny trending. Kenny Pickett's good to go. Good to go. So those will be your two quarterbacks. And then t- uh, Taylor Heineke's taking over to, for Desmond Ritter with the Falcons. And Aiden O'Connell. He's taking over the job for Jimmy Garoppolo to with, the bench with the Raiders. So quite a bit of quarterback news there for us. But yeah, as we brought up, you know, those top quarterbacks 
are clearly in your lineup. And after that, like the ones that don't have insanely great games, it's still Justin Herbert. You're plugging him in even against the Jets. Lamar Jackson should be great against the Seahawks. After that, like I have Gardner Minshew as my quarterback <laughs> nine. You have Sam Howell. Now I do have Sam Howell at 10. So one spot after Gardner Minshew. So let's talk about Sam Hall here because massive, massive game in week eight. Quarterback one on the week uh-huh. against the Eagles. Now he has to go to New England. You feel good about that? I don't feel bad about it. Like he he's had, I, I think, a really stellar season. He's still gone under the radar. Um, earlier this week, he was still rostered in just 30% of fantasy leagues. 30%. That's insane. Um, he's finished as a top six quarterback in three of the last four weeks. Like his floor is low. His floor is very low, but his ceiling is also pretty dang solid. And like, that's not even considering the fact that like I've been underwhelmed. I thought a a lot more fantasy production was going to come from him via his legs. And that hasn't necessarily been the case to this point, but dating back to week four, the Patriots are allowing the six most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterback, the third uh, most passing touchdowns in that span, six highest NFL passer rating, second highest EPA per drop back uh, to opposing quarterbacks against the pass. Like this has been not necessarily the shutdown Patriots defense that if this was in Washington, DC, like I would be fine playing Sam Hall and I still am clearly fine right he's my quarterback 10 the bigger issue is the guys we're going to talk about behind him like they also all have their worries and issues but so that's why I'd rather just go with Sam Howe's yeah. been productive like he's been doing it oh. and I, I do like Gardner Minshew this week he's only really had one good fantasy start out of his four starts this year the others have been really bad actually but and I do expect the Colts to run a lot on the Panthers, but Minshew seems to be having this connection with Michael Pittman Jr. And I do think they're going to be able to they connect on some touchdowns in this game. And Josh Downs is having a, a really nice rookie season as well. So I'm okay playing Gar- Garner Minshew or Sam Howell this week. And then it gets a, a lot more confusing, right? There's, Baker Mayfield is an option. I'm a lot higher on him than you. I have him at 11. You have him all the way down at 18. You have Derek Carr at number 11. I have him at 14. And then a a guy, like I said, Gardner Minshew. So which one would you rather play? Baker Mayfield against Houston, Derek Carr against the Bears, or Gardner Minshew against the Panthers? Probably Derek Carr, and that feels disgusting. I just hate this week. Light it on fire and start again. <laughs> like, try again later. I don't if know. you have the studs on the studly teams, you feel great. Cause yeah, you're, you're going to feel really good because even if they don't produce a lot of fantasy points, there's a good chance that nobody else does either. So, like, the overall floor for scoring production for the quarterback position might just be a little bit lower than it usually is. Out of uh, Minshew, Mayfield, and Carr, I'm, I'm going with Minshew. I know Carr has a really nice matchup against the Bears. He also has yet to have a game with three touchdowns this season. And I never want to root for Derek Carr. That's really what it comes down to. I don't either. So if you, if you don't mind Derek Carr, like we're not really the podcast to come to to hear about good Derek Carr. I don't think Derek, just to be clear, like I don't want to start Derek Carr, but I do think that lately the, the bears defense, I think have been a little bit better against the run than they were, you know, to start the season. Alvin Kamara, not necessarily like, you know, the going to light up the ground, but obviously a big receiving option. Rashid Jaheed always has some of that upside. You've got Chris Olav. Like, I think there's a lot of good receiving weapons. And I think this his, is, yeah, this is his best chance to have a huge game. Derek Carr, for sure. If you, like can't, if you can't start him now, then you will not be able to start him once all season. Yeah. I will say uh, a guy I think is very playable this week, and I would consider him over all those three guys we just mentioned, Minshew, Mayfield, and Carr. It's Mac Jones. I know it's disgusting, but he gets the commanders this week at home, by the way. The Patriots are at home, like I said. The commanders are allowing the second most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks this year. The most passing touchdowns allowed, and they just traded away two of their pass rushers. Like, Those two combined, uh, Chase Young and Montez Sweat, have combined for 14 sacks this year and a ton of pressure. Oh, Mac Jones should have, like, 
the cleanest pocket of all time. Yeah. So if you're, they're not getting pressure. They already were the worst secondary in the league. Like so bad, so incredibly bad that I, it does stink that he lost Kendrick Bourne, no doubt. And he's going to have to throw to guys like Demario Douglas and Juju Smith-Schuster and Hunter Henry and Mike Gesicki. Like it's not going to be pretty, but I do think he could be a very viable fantasy quarterback and guess who has thrown three pass touchdowns in a game this year unlike Derek Carr Mac Jones Ooh. I mean it was all the way in week one we can ignore that but uh it was also against the Eagles bad secondary so and I, I think this Washington matchup is just really yummy so Mac Jones is definitely a viable option this week if you need a guy and for DFS I kind of really love it throw him in and Demario Douglas and let's go let's roll yeah roll tide all right, let's move on to the running back position, a little bit more interesting than those quarterbacks. Hopefully you just have one of those top eight quarterbacks and you're good to go this week. With running backs, we have the typical guys at the top. Your Elvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, Brees Hall, Derek Carr, Raheem Moster, all that goodness. But I did want to ask you, mm-hmm. because on Thursday Night Football, the Titans play our Steelers. And the Steelers have had a quite a struggle stopping the run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a really hard struggle. Derrick Henry, 30-plus mm-hmm. points this week? Or what's going on against the Steelers? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're lighting Derrick Henry up. Like, it, it doesn't even matter about the fact that he's not necessarily having his most efficient season. But, yeah, the, the Steelers have been a great matchup. I mean, whether you're looking at the efficiency on the, the ground, like – whether you're looking at the touchdowns giving up, like there, there are a million ways for Derrick Henry to score fantasy points in this game. And he's going to score all of them. Yeah. And surprisingly with Will Levis, they go to the younger quarterback and Tajay Spears kind of gets faded out of the offense. He was getting more and more snaps, but with Will Levis and a young quarterback, they really leaned on Derek Carr last week. While Will Derek Levis, Henry. Yeah. It's Derek Henry. Nobody wants to lean on Derek no. Carr. So I, I think they're going to keep doing that. And Derrick Henry has a great chance to put up 150 rushing yards in this game and a touchdown or two. So Derrick Henry's over under for this game is like 72 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yeah. The Titans should be running on every play. Smash over. One question. Uh, another question I have for you, because I just asked you one. Is B. John Robinson still a no brainer to play each week? He's been pretty disappointing overall. Like he started the season so hot, 20 plus points in each of his first two games, had a down week in week three, but then also had a really nice game in week four. Since then, it's been pretty meh, right? I mean, we had that week seven debacle and then the other three games playing a ton of snaps, which is great. That's what we want to see. And last week he played like his season high in snaps. Love that. But he's not getting a ton of carries. He did finally score a rushing touchdown last week. I mean, that's great. Um, And, like, it's kind of funny because you look at his overall ranking. He's the RB11 so far this season. But he has finished as an RB1 three times this year. An RB1, you mean top 12? Top 12 running back. Just three out of eight games, which is kind of crazy. Never finished inside the top five yet. Yeah. It's way too talented for Arthur Smith to be not – utilizing him in better areas i will say you don't sit him either like he he's been a a top 24 running back in every game he's actually played so like the ceiling hasn't been what you want but the floor has been as safe as you could possibly get and he's too talented to sit you can't like even despite the the best efforts of you know arthur smith who just really wants to give the middle finger to everybody who plays fantasy i think Bijan's still been steady, even yeah. if not a lot of upside. And even last week, RB 18 on the week, and he had zero receptions. Now, it wasn't because they weren't tra- – he had five targets. It just – it turned into zero receptions, and that's not going to happen again. So he should be more involved in the receiving game this week. It is a hard – Kind of a hard matchup against the Vikings. They've been a really solid run defense, but keep plugging him in. It might not be what you wanted when you drafted him as a top three pick or top five pick, 
But I, I do think he comes through here and, and will be knows? much better. We might see a little shift in the offense with Taylor Heineke. Yeah. might open things up a little bit. That'd more. be fantastic. Uh, I love Joe Mixon this week. Not a sentence I normally say at all. <laughs> but he, I thought he looked really good against the 49ers last week. It's the first time I watched him play this year where I was like, damn, he has some, you know. He looked like he had a little juice. Yeah, he looked quick. And now he gets the Bills matchup. The Bills have been pretty bad at stopping the run this year. And you expect this to be a super high-scoring game. So he should have a lot of scoring opportunities. I am at RB7 this week. You have him at RB12, so you still like him a lot as well. Uh, He's only scored two rushing touchdowns this year, which is quite different from last year when it felt like he was scoring in every game. But definitely in this matchup, you would expect at least a touchdown from Joe Mixon. At least. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. So love Joe Mixon this week. You are way higher on Isaiah Pacheco. Hmm. Chiefs running back against the Dolphins in Germany this week. You have a running back nine. I have an RB 17. So I still am saying play him as RB two, but I don't expect a ton of points. He just, he doesn't really give you all that many points. I know. He's had one big game this year. The rest have been fine. Like you're fine playing him as an RB two. I'm just like I this is this is more of a maybe me thing in my head. I do not trust these overseas games. Like I, know. I I just feel like you have, you know, the quarterback position which is such a mental position. You have Patrick Mahomes who is basically getting up at 6 in the morning to play football. Like it just it it scares me. It scares me away from some of these passing attacks which I know, you know, Patrick Mahomes coming off a bad game. He's going to bounce back. He's going to be fine. But I just wonder if, you know, sort of knowing the the circumstance, it's not natural for these guys to be playing football first thing in the morning. It's just not. Your body's not – that's not what your body does. Like, your – that, like, time, time differences, those screw you At up. At least with the Dolphins. I know they got there, like, really early, like, Monday or Tuesday. So they should be plenty – uh adjusted to the clock by then i mean you hope but i i just i don't trust it i i could picture this being a scenario where maybe they lean on the run a little bit and if they don't maybe there will be plenty of scoring for isaiah that's what it comes down to with pacheco does he get into the end zone or not and if he does then he's probably somewhere around rb 10 12 if he doesn't i think he's even further than where i have him at rb 17 i've probably overcorrected my nervousness of international games to like boost him up so i could picture him falling a couple spots in my rankings ahead of that matchup but I the Dolphins know. have actually been a below average matchup for fantasy running backs this year. And I just I picture the Chiefs coming out and throwing a ton. But again, if he if they happen to have some carries inside the two, like if a guy gets Travis Kelsey gets tackled at the two, then Pacheco could run it in and he will have a fine game. I still have him at RB 17, so I'm not burying him. You still play him moving on to two guys on the same team. Mm-hmm. We both have Jonathan Taylor as our RB10 this week. Mm-hmm. But we also both have Zach Moss as a top 16 running back this week against the Panthers. You play them both. Like, whatever one you roster, or if you roster them both, I think you can plug both in. This matchup is delicious. The Panthers are allowing the second most fantasy points per game to running backs this year, allowing over five yards per carry to running backs, and have allowed the most rushing touchdowns to the running back position this season. Like, Jonathan Taylor ended up, his snaps went way up last week, but it was actually Zach Moss who outscored him in fantasy because he got the touchdown. The week prior, it was Jonathan Taylor who got the touchdown. And then the week prior to that, it was Zach Moss who got the touchdown. (laughs) So we don't know which one's going to get those opportunities around the goal line. I think it's just whoever has the hot hand in that moment on that drive. But I do think there's going to be multiple opportunities for the Colts to have rushing touchdowns so they could both, score a lot of fantasy points in this game well that's that's the thing about the carolina panthers like this has been such a favorable matchup against the run that that is how teams seem to be attacking them like just ramming the ball down your throats and and running the ball controlling the clock and that's really all they've had to do against this panthers defense so like I expect the rushing volume to be more than there for these two to to both eat and I mean, looking at their production in these three weeks they've had together, uh, week six, seven, and eight, 
there's just been one instance, Zach Moss, week seven, didn't score at least 10 fantasy points. But both of them have had at least 10, except for that one instance of Zach Moss. Wow. Which is a nice well, nice I, floor, much nicer floor than I think anybody would have expected. Since Johnson Taylor got back from IR, the two have combined for uh, 31 touches per game, the most rushing yards per game, and the most scrimmage yards per game among any running back duo in the NFL during that time. So they're utilizing them both. You, you play them both in this uh, juicy matchup. Like I would – who would you rather play, Zach Moss or Isaiah Pacheco? You do have Pacheco ranked higher, and you know his workload is a little bit safer. Pacheco did only have eight carries last week as the main – like, he's the main oh, dude a, there. I feel like you have to throw that game away, though. Like, but the week prior, he had 13 carries. I mean, Zach Moss is getting more opportunities splitting a backfield than Pacheco is ugh. with really no one else taking carries. Yeah. It's close. It's close. But I have another bet for you that I want to make because I'm losing. I've lost all of them. uh, Well, we haven't been keeping track as much lately. And we're going to keep track of this one. I like Kareem Hunt's going to be in my lineup this week. They get the Cardinals. Amazing matchup. Cardinals are allowing the third most fantasy points per game to running backs. I don't care who the quarterback is for the Browns. They're going to run a lot. They're at home. Their defense is going to play really well. Their defense plays much better at home than on the road. And I mean, Clayton Toon is probably starting for the Cardinals. So like the Browns are going to dominate on defense. There's going to, they're not going to have to throw much. They're going to be running a ton. Maybe Jerome Ford gets some carries, but Kareem Hunt has been the goal line guy. He scored a touchdown in each of the last three games. So I have him as running back 14. You have him done at running back 24. I want to make a bet. Kareem Hunt outscores Isaiah Pacheco this week. I'll take that. Okay. Well, I'm writing it down. <laughs> My my biggest issue uh, with Cream Hunt is just the questions in the backfield between him, Jerome Ford, Pierre Strong, even like they pretty much split snaps completely evenly last week, and that that freaks me out. You did see Cream Hunt; I think he got three uh, three rushes inside the red zone, which you love that he saw a hundred percent of those. When they get near the goal line, all they want is Hunt. Yeah, and that I'll take it. That is good. It just it worries me. It is kind of a touchdown or bust situation but he scored at yeah. least one in each Again, of the last three weeks so. 14 carries last week yeah. that's more than pacheco's had either the last two weeks All right. and you said he was splitting with two other guys he was splitting with two other guys but it, he did lead the team in in rush attempts but my question mark so jerome ford ankle injury the week before had been mm-hmm. limited in practice um my I'll be I'll feel probably more comfortable about cream hunt if he does it one more time <laughs> like I just want to see okay uh, you know another week with Jerome Ford healthy is he still is cream hunt still the guy yeah I think and that's if he fair. is then my questions have been answered but this is like my my prove it week Pacheco versus Hunt wrote it down with guys like Rashad White and Ramondre Stevenson you play them if you're in a full PPR league Maybe half PPR league, but if you're in a standard, I want nothing to do with them. Daryl Henderson, I'm still throwing in. Like, I think he's the main guy for the Rams. He gets an easier matchup against the Packers than they had last week against the the Cowboys. And they should run more with Matthew Stafford being injured. But two guys we need to hit on before we move on to wide receivers. A, I want to just say do not start Amari Demarcado. I know he got 20 carries last week. It turned into absolutely nothing, and then they get the Browns this week. Like, don't start him. But two other guys, I really – I don't know if they're playable. I don't know if they're playable. And it's one I loved prior to the season, Alexander Madison. He gets the Falcons. Or Najee Harris, he gets the Titans. Both are really hard matchups for fantasy running backs, and both have done nothing. And like, I don't want to start either. Right? Like, I, I know it might be hard for some people – you might not have any other options, but play like if you're putting them in your flex, just put a wide receiver in your flex. Put someone with some ceiling in your flex over these two guys. The only way if I'm playing these guys them, have to be in your starting lineup in your starting running back spot. Just give up. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it's tough. That would be tough. That would be. And the only way I'm playing is if I'm desperate for an RB two. like yeah. I need to fill an RB spot. And I have nobody else. That's the only way. Don't plug him into your flex. You can find a better wide receiver. But like uh, Madison, he, I mean, as nothing, it's, I'm not saying Akers is better. He's not because like, don't start Akers either. He, Cam Akers played 17 snaps last week to Alexander Madison's 44 snaps. 
Both of these guys averaged two yards per carry. They were both terrible. Akers was the one to get into the end zone with the touchdown, but the Falcons are allowing the second fewest points per game to running backs this year, have allowed zero rushing touchdowns to running backs this year. There's no Kirk Cousins. Like The Falcons can just just play the run game and it's going to be disgusting. And the Vikings just traded away a really good guard. So like, if you, if you had to pick one of these guys, Madison or Harris, who is it? Oh man. <laughs> um, I guess Najee Harris and you just hope he gets a touchdown. That's the way I lean. And so also Kenny Pickett horse from last week's game with a rib injury. He's fine. He was not limited at all. Like no injury designation is going to play, but Maybe they target the running back a little bit more often, just given the fact that like they're not going to want Kenny Pickett to hold onto the ball long enough for these deep routes to develop. I just can't picture that. Would you rather go Tajay Spears? Oh, God. No, right? He doesn't get enough carries. He only probably needs about eight carries to equal what Madison or uh, Najee would do. Oh, God. Um <laughs> I was in a full PPR. I'll take Najee, but like, why Najee's not getting any targets? I'm so, he might. He could. This oh. week. that's my. That was what I said. Okay, Kenny Pickett might need. Oh, as soon as out. you said Kenny Pickett, my brain just went to blank because I can't hear about him. Ah, uh, gotcha. uh, all right, let's move on to the wide receivers. Lots of good guys on by this week at the wide receiver position. So you won't have a Monroe, St. Brown or Brandon Ayuk or Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Cortland Sutton, these guys that you've been relying on so far this season. Now at the top, uh, like we brought up a lot of great quarterback matchups where we expect a lot of high scoring game that games. The thing is, all those quarterbacks have really good wide receivers. So Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown, Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb, Stephon Diggs, like all should have fantastic games this week in these high-scoring matchups. Even a guy like T. Higgins, I'm really happy to play in this Bills matchup. But let's talk about Devontae Adams because we got news that, A, his coach was fired, his offensive coordinator was fired, the GM was fired. And so he's getting all new coaches, right? And then also, on top of that, a new quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is no longer going to start, at least for this week. We'll see how long this lasts. Because they say Aiden O'Connell is the best quarterback they have on the roster. That is brutal. That is pretty mean. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that is so bad. Um, He's a rookie, by the way. Fourth-round rookie. He did start one game. He, he played was, really well in the preseason. He played really well in the preseason. Didn't did look not, great in the regular season. Yeah, but when he, his one star in the regular season didn't go super smooth. But he did target Devontae Adams 13 times in that game. How many sacks did he take in that game? I think like eight. Yeah, I don't know. It was a lot. Khalil Mack, I think, had six yeah. alone. Yeah, he had a lot. <laughs> but uh, so again, Adams in that game, 13 targets, eight receptions, 75 yards. How are we feeling with Devontae Adams now that Aiden O'Connell is – the quarterback i think and you roll with them you just roll with them we both have them still ranked really high this week i mean i am a wide receiver seven you have a wide receiver eight so you still just roll with them you expect them to get a lot of targets who i am more worried about is jacoby myers a last week was very disappointing for jacoby myers i mean it was very disappointing for Devonte adams who had one the reception Raiders for 11 yards so too but when Aiden O'Connell did start his one game in week four, it was Devontae Adams got 13 targets. And then uh, Josh Jacobs got 11 targets. So it was like he either looked for Adams or Jacobs. That was he it. He looked for Adams or he gave up on the route and just checked, checked on down. Jacobs. Yeah, that's exactly that wor- what I expect. That worries me about Jacoby Myers moving forward because Jimmy Garoppolo and him did have a good connection before this last week. I don't know what happened there. But I, I don't I think Jimmy Garoppolo happened. I don't want to play Myers until they show me like, until he shows me that he does have a connection with Anna O'Connor. Like I'm not willing to plug him in this week. No, I think like he's he's been great just from a pure wide receiver perspective. Like he's been excellent. Um super surprising production, but I do think some of that has to deal with this connection that he has with Jimmy Garoppolo and might take some time for that that connection to develop. Also, like, you have to wonder, again, like, Adam's first read, boom, and then check down because 
Aiden O'Connell is not going to want to take, I just checked, it was seven sacks. He's not going to take seven sacks again. Well, I don't know. Sam Howell hasn't learned. And we're, uh, hey, we- <laughs> he had, I think, zero sacks up because against the Philadelphia Eagles. The, that They need to start game planning the way they plan for the Eagles. Sam Howell gets the ball out against the Eagles because he knows how good their defensive line is. Can he just assume all NFL defenses can come and sack him, please, and yeah, get the ball out? Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, but, yeah, I – uh, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, and I don't want to start anyone else on the Raiders offense. Those are the two. That's it. Moving on to the Rams. So another uh, quarterback situation here. Matthew Stafford injures his throwing thumb, thumb on his throwing hand. Yeah. And it's still not noted yet if he'll play. He did not practice on Wednesday. Even if he does play, I cannot imagine it's going to be pretty. It's the not- weirdest thing is after he had the injury – he caught a pass. It was the most bizarre thing. So, like, uh, well, apparently he hurt himself further on that pass. That was so stupid. That was the most idiotic thing I've ever seen. In my he had life. a dive for he, it, and like he injures his his thumb, like banging it on a helmet on a pass, and then it just like five minutes later, it seems like they they throw him a ball. How often do you target Matthew Stafford on one of these trick plays? And you think this is the time? Yeah, I was when they did that. I was like, "Oh, Saffron must be all right." I was thinking he must be fine, yeah. but no, no, it hurt him further. Though so, the thing is, like, you don't want to start Stafford anyways in fantasy. He hasn't been good for fantasy. But what does this do to Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua? Because both of them had really bad fantasy weeks last week. This is the first time all year that both of them had a bad fantasy day. If Brett Ripon has to start at quarterback, disgusting. If Matthew Stafford starts with. Uh, a thumb that doesn't work on his throwing hand. <laughs> not great. Work. <laughs> not great. Like they get the Packers this week. Not the easiest of matchups. The issue is Cup and Nakua are both too good to sit, I think. But if, I mean, if Brett Ripon is starting, do they have any scoring opportunities? Probably not. But <laughs> I think like your your biggest hope is going to be Maybe the the Packers don't necessarily know which of these quarterbacks they're game planning. I don't know. <laughs> we like, both have them ranked as guys that you're playing. I have them at wide receiver 14 and 15. Them. Yeah. The the one hope, um, the Packers did trade away. Rasul Douglas shook up their secondary a little bit. Uh, Top-graded defender in coverage this year for the Packers. Like, maybe that eases things up a little bit. Maybe that, that opens up. I think your best hope is that these guys just get hyper-targeted. Who do you feel better about? I think Cooper Cup. Oh, man. It's just not pretty. Like, you just plug him in. You don't have high expectations, but just know that they do have – they're super talented, so they should still get it done. And if your team is stacked, you don't have to play them. I mean, it just comes down to typically your team's not going to be stacked. Like, I'm not going to sit Cooper Cup for uh, like a guy we're going to talk about later, uh, Rasheed Rice. I really like him. I don't – I'm not bold enough to sit a Cooper no. Cup for Rasheed Rice. Like, no. And I'm not saying that he can't outscore him. I'm just not bold enough to do that. So – when it comes down to if I'm deciding between a Cooper Cup or a guy right here, Michael Pittman Jr., I will play Michael Pittman Jr. over him or Puka Nakua. I love Michael Pittman Jr. this week against the Panthers. I have him wide receiver nine. You have him down at wide receiver 23. So we will be making a bet about Pittman uh, here at some point when we figure out another guy that you really like. But Garner Minshew loves Pittman. He loves him. I mean – 10-plus targets in five of eight games this season. Yeah, like yeah. great value in PPR. Only Stephon Diggs has more such games this year than Pittman. I respect it, and I think full PPR, yes. But like, it's not like – so last week we saw against the Saints, super hard matchup. I didn't want to play Pittman because it was a, the Saints to outside wide receivers so hard. So, yeah, he got 13 targets, only turned into eight reception, 40 yards, and a touchdown. But you and I were both watching that game, and Pittman – I mean, Vinci was trying to get Pittman three different touchdowns, and it, they were close. So, and it was only and both because, of us were sweating because we both said to fade him. Yeah, and Ugh. it turned out like fading him was correct because on thirteen targets, eight receptions, forty yards, he did happen to get the touchdown. It's but it was a super hard matchup, and now this matchup is not hard at all. So I do think they connect for a lot of yards, a touchdown at least. The thing is about the Panthers, and I brought this up briefly when we were talking about Zach Moss and, and 
Jonathan Taylor. The Panthers have allowed the second fewest pass yards in the league dating back to week four. It's not necessarily because they're like a shutdown coverage unit. It's because teams have not needed to pass. Like they are so bad against the run that teams are not passing. They faced a league low 103 pass attempts in that time span. They faced the highest run rate in the league. 50.3% of plays against their defense have been rushing plays. And that is a league high. Like the- well, what's nice about the Colts is when they do pass Gardner Minshew looks for Michael Pittman or Josh Downs. So like it's those two guys. And really that's where all the targets. I think it's to. fair. I don't, again, I don't necessarily think it's a terrible matchup. I just don't know if the volume is going to be significant enough for there to be a lot of upside. Okay. I was trying, uh, would you do Chris Alave versus Michael Pittman? Yeah. Okay. Where are we going to take that? Uh, I think Michael Pittman easily outscores Chris Olave. So winning. I hate it already. Yeah, as you should. That was terrible by you. Uh, Garrett Wilson. Let's move on to Garrett Wilson. He has been much better as of late because Zach Wilson realized, wow, I should just hyper target a really good wide receiver and maybe I will succeed. The 12 la- plus targets in three of the last four weeks. Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. And then 90 plus receptions these the last two weeks. So it, it's turning into yards. It's not turning into touchdowns. He has not scored a touchdown since week two. But the Chargers are – they're playing the Chargers this week, and the Chargers are, are allowing the third most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. So I love Garrett Wilson this week. I am at wide receiver 10. You am at wide receiver 13. You plug him in. Like, I don't really think people are questioning whether to play him or not. But you should feel confident when you plug him in. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's fair. Another one that's a little bit harder to rank because it's been a pretty brutal year for him, T. Higgins. Cool. I brought it up at the top here. I'm happy to start him. I'm wide receiver 17. You have him wide receiver 24. He only played 67% of snaps in week eight because he's still recovering from the rib injury. They just came off the bye. But I, I do think those snaps go up to what he typically sees, you know, in the 80%. They're playing the Bills. Should be a ton of scoring. I'm happy plugging in T. Higgins. Yeah, and I think, like, the the best and most encouraging thing about this Bengals offense is that it seems like every week they're looking a little bit more like the Bengals. Like, you can yep. tell. Oh, Joe last Burrow, week they were totally like, back. They, they just looked like the Bengals, and they haven't to this point this season. But – um, even T Higgins, like, despite the fact like five catches, 69 yards, obviously you'll take that. But, um, even the fact that it didn't necessarily translate to a huge fantasy day, I think you should be really encouraged by just the overall vibes uh, of the offense, because it, it feels like everybody's gaining health. This should be a, a nice high scoring matchup. Um, yeah, I, I I'm going to ask you this. the hardest question of the week. Uh, uh-uh. T. Higgins or Puka Nakua? <laughs> Probably. Oh, oh. I don't. Uh. It's so equal to me. Um, I'd probably say Puka. I think he might be a little bit safer. I like, think I'm going T. Higgins. I think he has more upside. I think T. Higgins probably has more upside. And I, I think- do think the safetyness is right there with Matthew Stafford. If Matthew Stafford would, wasn't injured, I would say easily Puka. But with that injury, I'm going T. Higgins. Uh, you might have convinced me. T. Higgins. It's just like the floor with T. Higgins has been so low this season. Yeah, I think it's getting better, though. They all look no, better. I it's I think I'd fine. take Puka over T. What about DeAndre Hopkins on Thursday Night Football? Is he going to still just con- – I mean, his first game with Will Levis, three touchdowns. But also, a couple weeks ago, he also had 140 receiving yard games. So two of the last three weeks have been huge for Hopkins. I mean, the Steelers are giving up the six most fantasy points per game to wide receivers, so secondary is weak. Plus, they have an injury to Minka Fitzpatrick. He'll be out, which will allow more possibilities for deep receptions. Yeah, I like. I think this is a great play, unfortunately. I mean, the Steelers, like, not just are they giving up a lot of fantasy points to wide receivers, they're, they're just absolutely hemorrhaging to top receiving options like didn't have a huge day for anybody but even Calvin Ridley uh Calvin Ridley in week eight uh six catches 83 receiving yards and Calvin Ridley has been le poo lately <laughs> like he has not been good but like to top receiving options they have just absolutely struggled Devontae Adams 
172 yards, two touchdowns. Nico Collins, 162 or 68 yards, two touchdowns. Puka Nakua, 154 receiving yards. Like this has been a just a free for all. I don't think Will Levis will look nearly as good in his second game, but I do think he's going to target Hopkins a ton and Hopkins will have a chance to break off some. Uh, And a guy I I mentioned a little bit earlier, Rasheed Rice, the rookie wide receiver for the Chiefs. Keep lighting him up. I think he's a really solid flex play this week. 50 plus receiving yards in each of the last three games. He played a season, which is also a career high, 60% of team snaps last week. Led this wide receiver core and routes run for the first time yeah and he's being he's the highest targeted wide receiver on this team it seems like Mahomes go-to guy after Travis Kelsey has turned into Rasheed Rice this has the highest over under of the week this game 51 and a half points I believe love that for this matchup like you said it may be in Germany it's being overrated maybe it won't be as many points but there should be plenty of points to go around and you know what I'm going to say? Love Rashi Rice. When Rashi Rice scores a touchdown again this week. Hmm. Das is good. <laughs> is that German? I don't know. It sounds like it. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the last, uh, the last two wide receivers to talk about here before we get into our tight ends. Would you rather play in a flex? Rashid Shahid, Saints wide receiver against the Bears, or Brandon Cooks? Cowboys wide receiver against the Eagles. Brandon Cooks has scored a touchdown in each of the last two weeks, but only has four targets in each of the last four games. And then Shahid is 153 yards last week, a touchdown. He either blows up or does nothing. Those are his two options. I mean, yeah, uh, the, the ceiling obviously for Shahid is surprisingly incredibly a little bit higher, but I love this matchup against the Eagles and when you look at like Dak Prescott's stats against the Eagles, he has historically been pretty good over the last two seasons, been super productive as a passer, averaged over 290 passing yards per game in his last three matchups against the Eagles. Like this, I do think is going to be a high scoring affair. Um, you're starting to sort of see that, that propensity for the touchdown scoring, which you like, I I lean cooks. I like I just have a feeling about him, but also the matchup, um, the usage, everything sort of points me towards cooks. But Rashid, like he's actually been a little bit safer. Than- the crazy thing is, he only played eighteen <laughs> offensive snaps last week. And it turned into three receptions, 153 yards. That's really unreliable. But then at the same time, two weeks ago, he played 60. I mean. 62 snaps had six targets 85 yards and a touchdown so his usage has been all over the place his targets have been all over the place he's hyper efficient though on his targets so it's i think think both are playable for sure yeah and maybe you don't have to decide between the two maybe you just have one of them plug them both in but if i had to decide between the two of them i do agree with you i would lean brandon cooks i think he's a bit safer and i love love the matchup for him but also Shahid could have a, a really nice week as well. Moving on to tight ends. Um, good luck. If you don't have Travis Kelsey, Mark <laughs> Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, these are the top five that I feel really good about. It's Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Goddard, and Kin- uh, Dalton Kin- uh, Kincaid. And then maybe Taysom Hill you throw in there. Besides that, it gets really, really, really ugly. It really does. But let's talk. We don't have to talk about Kelsey Andrews, Hawkinson, or Goddard. You have them. You're plugging them in. But there's a, a few guys on bias this week that really matter. Evan Ingram, Sam Laporta, George Kittle, right? And then you have a Darren Waller hamstring injury. Yeah. Don Kincaid, Bills rookie tight end, has broken out in a big way over the last two weeks. 75 yards in week seven with eight receptions in week eight. He has 65 yards and a touchdown. It's all because Dawson Knox is out of the lineup with the wrist injury. He's on IR and Kincaid has seemed to have a really nice connection with Josh Allen. He gets an amazing matchup this week against the Bengals, allowing the most fantasy points per game to tight ends this season. Like Kincaid's a baller play this week. Yeah. I think you just do it. Like there's not, there's not a lot of question for me about that. I, you know, the matchup is good. The past two weeks, it, Kincaid's ranked third in total routes run um, without, you know, Knox in the matchup. Like, it has been 
you know, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, and then Kincaid. And yep. that that has been like the the top three receiving options for this team. He ranks second most targets, most receiving yards, most yards after the catch over those last two weeks. Like and when guy. Josh Allen gets near the goal line, he really looks for his tight ends. I mean, we saw that with Dawson Knox, and last week we were seeing it with Kincaid. Kincaid could have had another touchdown in that matchup. I mean, he was tackled down at, like, the one-inch line. Mm-hmm. So this is – we both have Kincaid at tight end five. Love him this week. With Taysom Hill, it comes down to rushing, right? And when Juwan Johnson came back, he stopped getting those tight end targets that he was getting for a couple weeks with Juwan Johnson out. But he still had two rushing touchdowns last week. Yeah. Uh, Taysom Hill. So when it comes to these tight ends, get really, really gross. So I have Taysom Hill as my tight end six. You have him at seven. Know that if he doesn't get a rushing touchdown, he could give you a one point. He really could. Oh, but he keeps scoring rushing touchdowns. So he has pretty much as high of an upside as anyone else that we're t- going to talk about here. I have Jake Ferguson as my tight end seven. You have him as your tight end six. So we're both high on him as high as you can be on any of these guys. He's getting targets this Cowboys offense looks better and what you love about the the whole thing so this is not really anything related to the matchup whatsoever but something that just makes me love Jake Ferguson we've been so high on Jake Ferguson this year we know that Dak Prescott loves him like is it just because we call him Fergie I do love calling him Fergie but there was a post today uh today's Wednesday showing him at practice and the game's going to be a little chilly. I think the low is going to be like 40 degrees in this game. And he was out there uh, at practice today practicing putting like his hands in ice so that he could practice wow. catching the ball when his hands are cold, which I just – I love that so much. <laughs> like it has nothing to do with this matchup, but just like a, a good sign of the work ethic and like – that kind of crap is going to get you some respect. Yeah. He's also played over 80% of the team offensive snaps the last two weeks, which is the first two times he's done it this year. So his snaps are going up. He's The Cowboys offense looks better. You expect this to be a high-scoring matchup against the Eagles, as long as it's not like terrible weather in Philadelphia. But uh, I, there's no one else besides those top guys we just mentioned that has a higher opportunity of scoring a touchdown in their matchup. So it, like if you don't have one of those top guys, Kincaid or Taysom Hill, with the, the big names we mentioned, I do think Ferguson's your next best option. We had to talk about Trey McBride because he went off last week, right? Had his huge breakout game. Unfortunately, there's a lot of things changing. A, no longer Josh Dobbs is throwing to him. Probably Clayton Tune this week. Now, if it's Kyler Murray, maybe that changes some things. Unfortunately, they have to go to Cleveland and Mm -hmm. play the Browns, Mm -hmm. who the Browns are allowing by far, by far, far, the fewest points per game to tight ends this season. They're allowing 5.9 points per game to the tight end position, not just a single tight end each game to the entire tight end position. No one else is allowing fewer than eight points per game. They have a lot 133 total receiving yards to tight ends this season. Not a lot. That is absurd. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is crazy. Now, maybe they just haven't played a lot of great tight ends or whatnot, but at the same time, I don't want to chase those Trey McBride points or targets. I get that. I had, Trey McBride is a huge fade based on the matchup last week, and I got burned. That might account a little bit more for my fear of sitting him just because, again, you don't know necessarily that he is going to get that that same target share that he got out of the gate uh, now that Zach Ertz is on IR. Like, that at least clears up some things. I I think maybe that target share is going to be a little bit safer than you're going to get with most tight ends, which I think gets him – the edge in my rankings but yes it it is a very much boomer bust like kind of matchup and if you get a boom it's probably going to be you know in these full PPR leagues where you have a few catches and they're not very efficient but that's okay because PPR baby I would rather play David and Joku in the same matchup uh he's been I would actually rather play him if Deshaun Watson doesn't play because he's actually been putting it together with pj walker 
had 77 receiving yards last week and a touchdown, 54 receiving yards a week prior. With Deshaun Watson, it's definitely not as pretty whatsoever. So uh, we don't know. Watson came back to practice. We'll see if he actually plays. I would actually prefer to play Njoku if P.J. Walker is out there. But I would prefer to play David Njoku in this matchup over Trey McBride. And then even a Logan Thomas. I know he's like – I feel like every time people are telling you to play Logan Thomas – Every time we all get on the same train, like, you should play Logan Thomas this week. That's the week he puts up one fantasy point. And then the weeks we fade him, it's like the weeks he put up 20 or 16. But if you're in a full PPR league, I do think Logan Thomas overall is a pretty safe option. Yeah, uh, six-plus targets in three of the last four games. Like, again, you're going to have ups and downs, right? But generally, he's been pretty steady. Like, he is, he's been a... Um, solid receiving option in the red zone for Sam Howell. And I think, again, that the the tiers are so low for tight ends that, like, I'll take the usage even if it's not necessarily efficient because there's not a lot of tight ends, I think, that you can count on as much as you can count on Logan Thomas. Like, for, for all of those disappointments, you've had several good games in – I, that's kind of all you can ask of your tight ends is a couple good games. Yeah. I think Hunter Henry is interesting with Kendrick Bourne being out with an injury. Maybe more targets go Hunter Henry or Hunter Henry's way. And again, we're saying the commander's defense stinks, right? You can pass on them. I like Mac Jones this week. Maybe Hunter Henry gets into the end zone. And then also keep an eye on the Chargers tight ends. If Gerald Everett misses again with the hip injury, the Jets matchup is really good for tight ends. And Donald Parham was very involved with Everett out. Now, if Everett plays, I'm fine with playing Everett. It just kind of makes things a little bit more confusing because then there's Parham who still gets some end zone targets and then Everett. So well, it kind Donald of... Donald Parham is about 40 feet tall. Yeah. So... If Everett misses, I think Parham's a really solid option. Yes. And then if Everett plays, it, it becomes a little bit more iffy. But if Everett is out again, keep an eye on that. Donald Parham becomes a, a top 10 play in my mind in this matchup. I think that's it for tight ends. Like with quarterbacks and tight ends this week, it's kind of like you have one of the top you guys. You got it or you don't. Yeah. And then the rest, you're just kind of crossing your fingers and hoping for those touchdowns. Uh, but if you have any questions before Sunday kickoff or before Thursday kickoff, you can hit us up on Twitter. You can find me, Michelle, at Ball Blast em, Ball Blast E-M. And you could follow me, Kate, at Kate Majuk. Bye, y'all. Bye.